0: Welcome to Foothill Christian American Canyons podcast. We hope that this message encourages you and blesses you. Here we are in November. Who can believe it? November 2021. We're approaching, fast approaching 2022, unbelievably as that sounds. This is the month typically that we're gearing up to be thankful. And for many of us, it's been a tough year to be thankful. Uh, the things that you've gone through, the challenges, the trials that you've faced, maybe lives that have, uh, you know, have left us too soon, possibly, in, in your lives. And um, here we are trying to be thankful, develop the spirit of thankfulness, And then comes that Christmas rush, that Christmas madness where we just forget about thankfulness and gratefulness and are beating each other up trying to get the best deals on Black Friday, right? Does it all make sense? No, it doesn't make any sense. But I just want to remind you as believers, we need to have a spirit of of thankfulness, a spirit of gratefulness. How many would agree with that? So next week, what I'd like to do, and I'm saying this to prepare you for next week, I want to speak specifically on thankfulness next week, but I'd like you, each of you that are coming next week, to uh, bring a testimony of thankfulness. Bring a tes- testimony of what you may be thankful for that the Lord's done in your life this year. Some of you have relocated. Some of you have faced major challenges in your life, disruptions in your life, but yet through that, you bring thankfulness. You can bring a thankfulness. So, I want you to think about what you're thankful for, and let's come next week and express that in testimonies. Amen? Amen. Because I'll tell you what, when you go through tough times, we all go through it together, right? When you go through wonderful times, we all share through it together. We're all part of a family, the the family of God, and we want to rejoice with you. Amen? Amen. So let's do that next week. Now, today... I want to speak to you on a topic, and I've titled this, service, this sermon, How to Thrive, Not Just Survive. Say that with me. How to Thrive, Not Just Survive. Yes, yes. Let me, uh, let me just say this, that some of you, as I get into this message today, may be thankful for this year. Others of you may be feeling the pressures of, of life from your workplace. Uh, relationships, and they're just mounting upon you. And you may have brought those with you today. So I have a question for you to, just to start off this, this afternoon. Has this been a good year for you? Yes. You don't have to answer that out loud unless your name is Gregory, but that's okay. Has, your na- has this been a good year for you? And we know for Gregory it's been a great year. But I want that question to roll around in your, in your mind for a second. And let me ask you this, imagine if you would, if you could go back, for those of us that are above 30 years of age, okay, uh, that's most of us in this room, imagine if you could go back and speak to that 20-year-old knucklehead, in my case, or maybe that was your, you, but imagine you could speak to that 20-year-old version of yourself. You get a couple of minutes just to speak wisdom into that person, what would you say? What life-changing things would you say to that person at that moment? See, I believe with everything within me that at the end of the day, the only two things that matter is your relationship with God Almighty. Can I get an amen? Amen. (laughs) And then secondly, how do you handle these horizontal relationships? See, relationships in this world are the second most important thing and we have to value those relationships. I would tell my 20-year-old self those two things. I believe if you and I concentrate on those two things, we will thrive in life. How many want to thrive in life? Yeah. Yes, my second question this afternoon would be this. Are you thriving or just surviving? And, and that's real because in this past year, and in, in the last year, the last 20 months, Some of us have just been surviving, and I get it. But the Lord wants you to thrive in the middle of a trial. He wants you to thrive, not just survive. And that's what I want to speak to you on today. So if you have your Bibles, we'll have this up on the screen for you. But the Gospel of John, John chapter 10 and verse 10. I want to read a scripture to you. And I'm reading, this is out of the New Living Translation. But John chapter 10 and... In this particular chapter, uh, Jesus is talking about the good shepherd. And in this scripture, he says this. The thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. In another version, the King James Version, it says abundant life. He came to bring us an abundant life. So uh, again, I'll ask you that question. How, how, how are you experiencing life right now? Are you experiencing a satisfying life? Could you say that? After all that's transpired in this year and the year prior, are you able to still say, Pastor Rick, in the middle of that, I have a satisfied life. I have a happy life. I am living an abundant life. And if you are, then you're way ahead of the game. Yeah. But for those that are just catching up or want to get to that point, I want to just quickly... For the next few moments speak to you on five quick points this afternoon on how to thrive not just survive point number one rise thankfully how do you get up in the morning thank you lord Pray. Yeah, some of you say thank you lord others you viewers snap crackling and popping out of bed getting up out of bed for those of you that have to work some of you are retired you don't have to get up unless you want to get up Good for you, I'm happy for you, I really am. (laughs) But when you open your eyes in the morning, when that alarm goes off, and you have to go to work like me tomorrow morning, are your thoughts overwhelmed by all the things you gotta do that morning? I know some of our younger families aren't here today, but they may possibly be overwhelmed by getting up, maybe possibly packing lunches, cooking breakfast, getting the kids to school, Get yourself ready to go to school. Who's been there, right? We've all been there, done that. Maybe that's the only thing on your mind in those mornings. Or is the thought process more like this? Lord, thank you for another day that I have a family I can cook breakfast for. I have food in my refrigerator. I can pack lunches. I have clothes on my back and in my closet. In fact, he has his closet and I have my closet. That's the blessed life right there. I have a vehicle I can drive in, get to work in. Are you rising thankfully is what I want to challenge you today. Are you rising thankfully? Because when we're thankful, we begin to live a happy life, an abundant life, a satisfied life. I want to read to you this proverb that I read. If you want happiness, you want to know how to have happiness? This is just a proverb. It's not in the, in the Bible, but it says it this way. If you want happiness for an hour, take a nap. And every retired person in here said, Amen. <laughs> if you want happiness for a day, go fishing. Yeah. If you want happiness for a year, inherit a fortune. If you want happiness for a lifetime, help someone else. Amen. You know, it's taking your thoughts off of yourself and putting them on others around you. Really, it's talking about relationships there, but happiness is defined in so many different ways for all of us. But how many know that happiness is just here for a moment and gone the next? Amen. You, you, can, you could possibly win the lotto. I don't play, but I'll, so I guess I'll never win, but that'll only make you happy for a minute, and it's gone. When you truly are thankful, your life is satisfying. Your life is filled with abundance of happiness. You truly are living that abundant life. Let me put up on on the screen uh, Philippians chapter 4 and verse 6. This is one of my favorite scriptures in the entire Bible. And this is out of the NIV version, the New International Version. But it says it this way, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation... By prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. With thanksgiving. It means no matter what you're going through, no matter what your boss said to you on Friday before you left the office, no matter what that crazy neighbor said to you, no matter what happened at Walmart, that you give God thanks, amen, and you present your request to God. Don't be anxious about anything trusting God, being thankful eliminates those things from your life. Psalm 92 and verse 1 in the New Living Translation says it this way. It is good to give thanks to the Lord. Let me just say that again. It is good to give thanks to the Lord to sing praises to the Most High. There's something about when you begin to, t- to give the Lord thanks, when you begin to focus Change your focus from here to this. That it's not that your problems go away. They're still there. But God gives you the strength, the grace to go through those problems. Amen? How many have experienced that? Yes. And it only happens when you begin to have a thankful spirit. Because, I, you know, believe me, you can go around grumbling all you want. It doesn't change anything. It doesn't change anything except the fact that people don't want to be around you. So let me just finish point number one. When you rise thankfully, you will thrive, not just survive. Lord, help us, teach us to rise thankfully every single day. The second thing I would tell you, second point is pray expectantly. We have a saying here in our church that with God, all things are possible. How many believe that? With God, all things are possible. And that should be when you pray You know, we we serve a mighty God. How how big is your God? I would just start off by asking you that. Do you just pray for the things that you think he can do? Or do you pray for those things that would just amaze you, blow you away and just say, that's my God. That's the God I serve. You see, I want to remind you that a life without prayer is a life without power. A life without power is never what God intended for you and I. He intended each of you to have power in your prayer prayers are lifeline to God and if it's cut off there's no life there there's no power there if you're going through a season a time where you're just going through life seemingly the wind's just tossing you to and fro maybe you have to go back and establish that lifeline maybe you have to go back and begin to praise him begin to pray because here's the other thing Prayer was never intended as the last resort. How many times have you heard this? Well, I guess all we can do is pray. I hear that too much. I guess all we can do is pray. There's no more hope, so all we can do is pray. That's the very first thing we should be doing. Amen? Amen. The very first thing we should be doing is praying. Now, as believers, we know that we should pray. There are moments where our Heavenly Father will use us to pray for individuals. It can be in the supermarket, it can be at home, it can be in the workplace, it can be in church. I've told you that I won't just tell you, I'll be praying for you, I'll pray for you right there in that moment. Last Friday at, at my workplace, there was uh, somebody that told me about some hurts that they were going through, and and so then I had an opportunity to just speak words to him. We were by ourselves, and and I, and, I, and I poured into him for those next few moments. I could just see his eyes like, wow, I didn't expect that. And, and uh, I know he didn't, but he was so thankful for that afterwards. No matter where you're at, be ready. Amen? Amen? Be thankful. God will put those opportunities in front of you. The scripture says in James chapter 1, in the NIV version, it says this, But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt. Because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. We must believe in order to receive, amen, whatever that prayer is. But again, pray big. I always tell you guys, pray big. Pray big. Ask God. Because you have not, because you ask not. Number one, knock, the Bible says, and the door shall be opened to you. That's the way we should attack prayer is believe, not doubt. And one thing I know about our prayers is that at times they can be very self-centered. Lord, bless me. Lord, bless my wife. Bless my children. Lord, help me uh, to have a raise this year. COVID really was bad. And, and, you know, I didn't make as much money. Retirement is bad. I mean, Social Security gave me a bump in my check. I mean, they're usually self-centered prayers. I mean, let's just be honest. Most of our prayers can be that way. But I want to remind you that we should take our focus off of ourselves and put them on those around us. When you can begin to pray prayers for those around you, all of a sudden you begin to experience those blessings for yourself. God just has this way of doing that for you. Blessing you when you take your eyes off of yourself and put them outwardly. Because he wants you to be a blessing to those around you. As I often tell you here in the book by Rick Warren, The Purpose Driven Life... The very first sentence in the book when you open to chapter one, very first sentence is, it's not about you, period. That's the first sentence. And that's like a slap right there. It's like, whoa, wait a minute, it's not about me? And that's what God is trying to tell us. Yes, he loves you. He cares for you. But he doesn't want you and I to just be selfish and pray selfish prayers. Amen. Again, don't get me wrong. There is a time to pray for your family. There is a time to pray for your needs. But if that's where you spend your life in, um, we need to redirect that. Amen. We need to grow and expand that. I just want, again, I want to remind you, we have a big God who does big things all over the earth. We serve the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. You are a child of the King. How big is your God? What kind of prayers are you going to throw up to the Lord? Amen. Jeremiah chapter 33 and verse 3 in the New King James Version puts it this way. Call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. But you have to call. You have to call upon him. You have to call upon him and he will answer you. So again, our second point here is when you pray expectantly, you will thrive, not just survive. And then our third point. This one's good here. They're all good, but this one's especially good. Speak kindly. Say that with me. Speak, speak kindly. Amen. I don't want to let that one sink in. Speak kindly. Maybe somebody here today left their house and didn't speak kindly to somebody. But here, here's, here's my point. Uh, I have on my, on my Facebook what I think it's called the profile page page. A cover photo. There's, there's this, uh, these words. I took a picture. Anna and I took vacation one time to Fort Bragg, and there was this, this uh, piece of wood with these words on there, and I just thought they were amazing. And it says this: thoughts become words, words become actions, actions become character, character is everything. How many believe that? Character is everything. You know, th- this goes back to. The old generation, when a handshake was your word, was your bond, right? We, we, that generation is long gone, unfortunately. But thoughts become words, words become actions, actions become character, and character is everything. We need to measure our words before we speak. I think it's so easy to speak before we think. Don't raise your hand. We know who you are already. No. But why is it that some people speak before they think? It's called foot-in-the-mouth disease. We've all had it. Let Let me remind you, this is a definition of kindness. Kindness is the quality of being friendly, generous, considerate, and treating people with respect. Use words in a kind way. Your words were never meant to destroy somebody because that's real easy to do. Every one of us here have the power to destroy somebody with our tongue. And then if you have to go back and try to repair that, good luck. Because once those words come out, it's a lot more work to try to fix that. Amen. Amen. Let me remind you, uh, let me share with you this scripture found in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 8. the NIV version, listen to these words. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Think about such things. This refers to our thought process, our words that come out of our mouth. For out of the heart comes those words. Out of whatever you speak really was in your heart. Did you know that? That anger, that bitterness, that or the love, the compassion, it's already in your heart. You're just expressing it. And we've all heard the term random acts of kindness. We should be doing random acts of kindness. We should be paying at Starbucks in the drive through lane for the guy behind me, right? Paying their, 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 their coffee. Random act of kindness. How many have done that? Have you done that lately? This is a great time to do it during Thanksgiving, being thankful, being grateful. Maybe you're there at um, a fast food place. Buy that person's lunch, that breakfast, just pay for it. Random acts of kindness. And in the same way, speaking kindly to those around you. One of the things that you all see in one of my pet peeves, you go into any store and the cashier person working there is working there and they look like they don't want to be there. This is the last place they want to be. I'm always, especially with those people that don't greet you and just have this attitude, I'm especially nice to those people. I want to just pour niceness out to them because the opposite really, really wants to happen. I just want to give it back to them, but that's too easy. I wanna then begin to share some love. Hey, how you doing? I look at their name. Hey, Irene, how you doing? How's your day going? Great, awesome. Um, Hey, thank you. Hey, that's a beautiful name you have there. I mean, just something to throw them off. And then all of a sudden, you see a smile. A smile that wasn't there. Random acts of kindness, speaking words kindly. So when you speak kindly, You will thrive, not just survive. Amen? Which leads us to our fourth point. And you often hear me talking about this. But forgive quickly. Forgive quickly. We all know that if you don't forgive quickly, it will fester, it will grow. It's like a disease. It just begins to expand. And before you know it, it's out of control. But here's what I want to remind you today. Forgiveness is actually a gift to yourself. Do you understand that? Forgiveness is a gift to yourself. In fact, it's not about the other person. You are actually doing a service to yourself by forgiving someone. I've taught my girls, I've taught my family that when we forgive, have to ask somebody to forgive. Not only, this is how we do it. We come up to that person and say, I'm sorry for this or that. Would you please forgive me? Two-step process. I'm sorry, and would you forgive me? Not everybody says, would you forgive me? It's normally just, I'm sorry. And I believe in this generation that we live in, we've cheapened I'm sorry. Because everybody says, well, I'm sorry. But not too many people say, I need you to forgive me for that. There's something cleansing about doing that. Something that you receive when you ask somebody, I need you to forgive me. Amen? Here's here's what happens though. The longer you hold on to a grievance, the more likely you are to have sleepless nights. No matter how much melatonin you take, you cannot go to sleep. Stress and other unhealthy conditions. I've shared with you about a gentleman many, many years ago, I was tending a church and I had loaned him. At that time, it was like a $1,000. of a lot of money for me. I hadn't met Anna yet. And he never paid me back. He paid me, I think, one month. He said he paid me back on a payment plan. I was cool with that. that. That works. And then months go by and he'd come in the church and the very first thing is, i said, say, there goes my money. There he goes over there. Right, so, And so I was starting to develop a spirit of of anger towards, of bitterness. Finally, I just came up to him. This is because the Lord told me to do this. And I said, hey, you know that, by I think that time it was 800 bucks. You know that 800 bucks you owe me? Um, the Lord wants me to just give that to you and I don't want you to worry about paying me back. First of all, he was surprised because I was able to corner him. And then secondly, when I told him that, it did something for him. He was like, oh, Wow. But you know what was more amazing? What it did to me. It was such a release to let that go. I was holding on to that so tight. Everywhere I went and everywhere I saw him, I well, he better not be spending any money. He better not be taking his family out to dinner. That's what I was thinking. And I had a control over my attitude. And so finally, when God said to me, he said, you got to let that go. And when I did, it freed me up. I no longer was in bondage to that. Amen. And that's what forgiveness will do for you. So forgive quickly. Practice forgiveness by treating it as a gift to you so that you are free to live a happier life. You see, the unhappiest people in the world are those that have not forgiven someone. Those that are bitter. Okay, now you can elbow that person next to you that's that's displaying that right they're unwilling to forgive others that bitter and unforgiving spirit is hard to be around nobody likes to be around bitter unforgiving people but as believers our mindset should be different the book of Colossians chapter 3 verses 12-13 through 13, and the NIV version say it this way therefore as God's chosen people which is you Holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves, listen to this, compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Can I just read those again? I need to hear those again. Clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. See, that's the bottom line. Why should I forgive somebody else? Because our Heavenly Father forgave you. If He could forgive you, who do you think you are that you can't forgive someone else? Amen. So when you forgive quickly, you will thrive, not just survive. You will thrive. Don't hold on to unforgiveness or bitterness. Amen. And my last point is I close this afternoon is worship at work worship at work or worship at home if you're retired for those of you that are retired I'm not jealous (laughs) worship at work let me share with you what Eugene Patterson or Peterson he's a he was a minister and he said the following about worship worship is the strategy by which we interrupt our preoccupation with ourselves and attend to the presence of God. I love that. Worship is the strategy by which we interrupt our preoccupation with ourselves. We go, Time out, Lord. I need to get away from this and step into your presence right now. That is how we do worship. When we get alone, how many of you know you can't do it with the crazy kids and the TV and social media and the news and all that bombarding. You have to get away from that and seek time alone with the Lord. And here's what I would tell you for those that are working. Some work only to make a living. Others find real meaning in their work by making it a meaningful experience in worship. Yes, you can still worship while you're at work. You can worship at work. I'm fortunate enough to have an office all to myself. I can close that door. I can get as loud as I want. I'm not too loud, but I, I can begin to pray in there. I can listen to songs. I can do whatever I want and worship during my working hours. If you're swinging a hammer, you can still do that. You can still say, Lord, thank you for today. Lord, I thank you. Uh, I praise you. I worship you. You are an awesome God. Thank you for coming into my life and redirecting my life. There's so many things that you can be thankful for in your daily walk. Amen. One of the greatest discoveries you'll make in life is learning that our walk with God is not limited to just Sundays or just a a midweek service, but it's every day. Uh, The life of a believer is not just a Sunday attendance to a place we call church because listen, Church is the body of believers, that's what church means. We could have church outside the parking lot. We could have church at, you know, at, at Starbucks. But it's not just about one day, it's about every day. 24-7, 365, you can worship while at Home Depot. You can worship while at Cole, shopping for clothes. You can worship at, Walmart. no you can't. Maybe not, maybe not at Walmart. I have to draw the line somewhere. You know I pick on Walmart all the time. I'm sorry. My point is we can worship while we work. We can worship wherever you are in that moment. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 17. The NIV version says it this way. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. It said whatever you do, well I'm a I'm a fabricator. I'm a concrete masonry person. I'm a teacher. I'm a social worker. Whatever it is, whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Giving thanks to God the Father through him. So when you worship at work, you will thrive, not just survive. You will thrive. So let me just recap. Number 1, rise thankfully. Number two, pray expectantly. Number three, speak kindly. Number four, forgive quickly. And five, worship at work or at home for you retired people. You will thrive, not just survive when you begin to do that. Here's what I want to do as I I close today. If I could have Bianca come up. We're going to close our service today. How many are thankful for Thanksgiving for for this month? Amen. You should be. We we have faced a a year that's been extremely tough. As I've mentioned here, I've officiated six funerals this year. Six too many. And uh, you just, when you attend these funerals, you recognize the brevity of life, the preciousness of life. You recognize that you, me, we have to enjoy each day to the fullest. You have not tomorrow promised. None of you do. I don't care how good you are or how secure you think you are. None of us have tomorrow promised. I'm thankful that I can trust God. I don't worry about tomorrow, I'm not worried about it. He's got my back, He's got you covered. He knows already how many days you're going to spend on this earth. He knows the number of hairs on your head, the Bible says. Also know this, that my last breath on this earth will be my first breath in eternity. So don't feel sorry for me. Oh no, I'll just, I'll just see you later when that time comes. I'll just see you later. So again, I don't worry about that. It doesn't fear me, scare me. And I know you are all in the same Position. We all look forward to that day when we can be with Jesus. Amen. Would you stand with me as we close today? Thank you, Lord, for this day. Thank you, Lord. You're so good to us. Thank you for reminding us today through your word, not just about how to conduct ourselves, Lord but about how to live life graciously, how to thrive, not just survive. I'm thankful, Lord, that your hand of blessing has been upon my family and I, upon Anna, myself, the girls, upon this church, upon each person in this this room today. We are blessed, Lord when I think of all the things you've done for me, all the things you've done for each of these people that I'm looking at right now, those that aren't with us today, those that may be watching online, Lord, I'm thankful. I'm thankful. And we love you, Lord. We thank you. At this time, I want to just say a prayer. And this is a prayer of just assurance that one day you will be in heaven because the bible offers up scriptures found in the book of romans chapter 10 specifically says that if you call upon the lord you will be saved all it takes is faith and belief and i want to lead our church in this prayer for those that are here today those that are watching If you say this prayer, mean it with all of your heart, repeat these words that I'm about to say, but just mean it with all your heart. The Bible says that you become a child of God by simply saying a prayer. It's not about becoming a member of our church. It's not about giving to our church. It's about simply giving your life to the Lord and just saying, Lord, here I am. Take me as I am right now, in all my imperfections. So, church, say this prayer with me out loud. Just repeat these words and mean them with all your heart. Heavenly Father, I come before you right now. Heavenly Father, I come before you right now. I know, Lord, that I have sinned, I know, Lord, I have sinned. and I ask you to forgive me. I, to forgive I, know to cross, I know you went to the cross, and you died for me. And you, rose again three days later and you rose again three days later. So that I would have eternal life. I believe that. I receive that. Today in Jesus' name. And I thank you, Father, for salvation. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Look, look at me. If you said that prayer, maybe you said it and Recommitted your life to the Lord again. But if you said that prayer, the Bible says the angels that are in heaven rejoice over one person who comes to the Lord, who says, I acknowledge you, Lord, I need you. And that's all of us. All of us need the Lord more so than ever. Yes. So, Lord, again, we thank you. Thank you for those that have said that prayer, whether here, whether watching. Lord, we're so grateful that, God, that you're going to lead them, that you're going to speak to them, that your Holy Spirit is going to guide them. So, Father, we're thankful for this day. And as always, I'll pray a blessing over each of you before we're dismissed. Just raise your hands one more time. This blessing is found in the book of Numbers, chapter 6, verses 24 through 26. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening. For more information, be sure to check out our Facebook page at Foothill Christian American Canyon.